0: Be ready. Grandma Cranky will be on for your new introduction to Positively Entertaining Conversations with the co-host, Joe. And the host, Sugar Brando. Good evening, everybody. My name is Grandma Cranky. Joe is my nephew. I came down him to visit. I am from Tudorsville. That is 30 miles northeast, I believe, of Upshit's Creek, but they don't have no paddles. So anyway, I came over here to see my nephew. And let me tell you, that boy has been hanging around with some strange folks. I don't know. I think he lost a bunch of screws in his head. So anyway, he told me to try this introduction. So let's try this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Positively Entertaining Conversation with your co-host, he is the crafteteer, he is the rocketeer, he is regular Joe, and your host for this evening, he is the mister that was a sister, he is the Texas tragedy, please welcome your host of the evening, Guru Brando.
1: Okay, you're not actually going to be on the show, but you're on the show right now. Hello, welcome to Positively entertaining Conversations with your host, me, Foober Brando. And it's gonna be curious guests Ashley and Zoe. And we are gonna talk about who they are and why. At least that's the intention. But we're gonna talk about a whole lot of other stuff too. And you know, a lot of y'all been wanting to see more of Beth. So here's Beth, or Liz, depending on what you call her. She goes by both. She goes by other names too, but I won't say those on camera. I'll be baby. Anyway, so we're just waiting around. I figured we'd shoot the shit for a minute. What do you know that I don't know? Hmm. You just said it like six times and now you're not going to say it? Oh, what? It's a wonderful day for what? Mm hmm. You just said it. You were singing it.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you know that I don't know.
2: It's a wonderful day for pie. It is.
1: I wish I had some pie. I wish I had some pie. <gasps> I do. I have some pizza pie in the yes. fridge. But But I also have your badass catfish that you fried up last night. And yes, I'm a vegetarian that eats fish. Get over it. I don't know what to tell you. I do like the fish.
0: It's
1: very good. Yeah, and for some reason it doesn't bother me to eat
0: How is the fish. the I try to cut it down a little bit with more corn. Milk. It still
1: burned my butt. But it was good.
0: Again, I gotta be careful with the corn. do too much against too green.
1: Yeah, I just have to get over it. It wasn't bad. I missed the coleslaw, though. You yeah. know? I like coleslaw. Okay. I'll get some. You will. Mm -hmm. Just because I said I like coleslaw, you're just gonna get some. Yeah,
0: we got that uh,
2: recipe for the sauce.
1: Yeah, that. How do you like the vegan coleslaw sauce? It's pretty
2: good. I mean, it's it's different, but I don't hate it. It's really good.
1: I need um, probably some more um, vegan mayo because that's what goes in it, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I remember. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Wow, you really just said that. Mm -hmm. I could die right now. Not really. It was still delicious. I get to pick and choose when I'm being obnoxious about my food choices. That's my control. What do you control, Beth? Is that a real control issue thing for you? Yeah, I
0: think so. I've, I've like identified it as my space and, and I'm going to produce the best thing in there I can produce and I don't want anybody to be nothing in anymore.
1: Do you know that that's why Emmy does it too? That that's why she's claiming because she's your cat. She takes after you. So she's claiming her space. I've claimed this area, but I let y'all in to terrorize me the whole time. And touch my things, and move There's my things.
0: I, mean,
1: I know. And you eat chips and get them everywhere. How do I get chips everywhere? I saw you dust them off. Yeah. All those crumbs. Right yeah. in the trash. Yeah. Uh huh. I already ran Goomba. We need googly eyes for him still. I don't see anything on the floor. So. <laughs> Did you hear me? We need googly eyes for Goomba. Yeah.
0: I saw some at Walmart the other day. I
1: it. Big good. ones.
0: Yeah, I was going through um, the uh, craft stuff, seeing if we had like doll eyes, so I can make that, do that one labyrinth um, project. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, um, they just have really, really big googly eyes. So you
1: should have got them. Are they like the ones for trees?
0: Um, oh, no, that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, we need those. I need some for Goon because it would be silly.
2: I like silly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it... You no, know, if, if it wasn't for the stuff
1: that it had to go under... To go Something on top of it, too, like a Why is phone? your phone going off? And where
0: is it? Mm-hmm. I hear it. I don't know
1: where go. go that way. Wow, it's making noise. Oh, well, what
2: time? Is it 12?
1: Yes. That's uh, why
2: I watch
1: it on? I got to watch you walk away. Hello, oh, welcome to Positively Entertaining Conversations with me, your host, Guru Brando, and... Two sometimes curious guests, awesome people.
3: I'm Zoe.
4: Ashley.
1: And they're a couple, guys. <laughs> a couple here in Highland. Guys, that's what we're what we're talking about. Oh, yay. Okay. So, you are now officially the first same-sex couple on the show.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: And do you know how big that is for us? Do you know why it's so big for us? Why? Because we represent the LGBT.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I figured. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So I'm actually,
1: I actually feel very privileged that y'all would feel safe to talk to me because one thing that I want to talk about, well, is the who am I and why. I want to talk about that because it hasn't always been that um, trans men were accepted as trans men or men in general, right? So used to be, if you were a trans man, you were just a dyke. You know, nobody knew that there was a difference. Not in Texas, that's what I was called, a dyke. You know? So I grew up in a family who did not understand. Did y'all have families that understood? Yeah, I know. No? Yeah, I know. Okay. You, Ashley?
4: I did because I really didn't, I guess, understand that that's how I was until, I shouldn't say that's how I was, that's who I am. Right, yeah. Until I was older. Because, because I honestly does. thought that that's how everybody I know. I did. My best friend that just recently passed actually is the one who showed me that because I was sitting there one night, and she's like, I have a question, and I was like, what? And she says, Do you, when you see a woman... Would you want to see what's underneath? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she goes, I don't. That's gross. And I'm like, oh.
1: Right? Yes. Okay. So you're the first person, and this is why I really wanted you on here. You are one of the first people that can explain to all our listeners and viewers that are straight and cis and really don't understand anything. Because they ask me all the time, too. Like, when I knew I was pansexual or when I knew that I was a guy and all this stuff and nobody stops to think until you ask them the same question that it just always is we don't know any different so why would I actually come out when I was a kid I didn't know it was any different other than I'm a boy which you know that's just it but how as a kid do you say I like the same person that I am you know that's even further different than just saying, this is how I identify. This is a kid being able to identify that they have a different friendly feeling for the other gender, right? When did you realize that, you know what, outside of that, you are a girl? Did you ever question whether you were supposed to, supposed to match up with who you desired? You know what I'm saying? Okay, because there's some trans people that, in their mind, that's how it works. Like, um, there was a trans couple that I knew that when they first met, um, they were each transitioning, and it was then the, I get it wrong every time, it was then the husband who realized that the wife was only transitioning to make, him comfortable. It was, it was a weird thing because she was a lesbian. So she was a lesbian and he was a trans woman and she was only going to transition to make it appear as though they were still a couple, so he wouldn't feel so bad. You understand? Did either of y'all ever consider that for a second? Just so you weren't looked upon? No. That's the difference between... No, that's the difference between growing up in the South and in a community like that, you know, and growing up in a more diverse environment. And plus, I'm older than you <laughs> now. I wasn't really going to approach that, Not but I guess much. That's cute. <laughs> that's cute. I like her. Okay, so outside of all that shit, I don't really have, like, any like profound conversations or questions about sexual orientation or identity because it's so personal right I mean y'all wouldn't just I tell a lot of my clients whenever they come in and they're questioning if you're questioning then you probably are because otherwise why would you question right you don't just make it up unless you see it if you have other people that are doing it then you might question, but nonetheless you're questioning. Right. So then you explore, right? So you question, then you explore, and then you go through life and you figure it out. I have a viewer, a listener in India who is a trans woman who is married and is a fantastic person and is thinking on um, transitioning. And one of the problems is just how is the other person gonna see it, the partner? right? I had the same concerns with Beth. If either one of y'all wanted to, how would y'all feel? I mean, honestly, (laughs) if, if you, if you wanted to transition, if you wanted to become male, would you have a difficult time telling her?
4: I feel like I would have a difficult time talking to her about it if I wanted to, yes. Yeah. I, on the other hand, if it was the other way around, I don't feel like, like, I would not have an issue with her doing it,
1: now. Right. Would Cause you? Because it's
4: her body, it's her, I right.
1: love her not. Right, but you would have a hard time telling her if you were. Yes. Because it would be difficult, right? Yeah, I've been through it, it is tough. Would you have a hard time telling her?
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, see, she feels exactly the same mm-hmm. way you do.
4: And I know this. I do it. <laughs> We're a lot alike in that we, in our problems, we don't talk.
1: Yeah. And, and
4: we both assume that the other one's just going to feel, you know, because we are <laughs> a lot alike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, yeah, the communication thing, you know, that's my specialty, right? So, I know that there's... I a noticed new... when you turned your chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turned my hat on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, (laughs) so the communication thing was always really tricky for me in every relationship I had until I realized that it was actually my language that was just shoddy, you know, because I grew up believing that certain words meant certain things, you know, you assign the word pride to a certain feeling because that's what you learn, right? Well, if your parents don't have the right words for the right feelings, they can't possibly show you the right language, right? So it's love language is what it is. So if you're fed more negative language and you are positive language, you can't really equate what good feels like because good to you is this normal bad feeling, right? So then when things are really great, better than your normal, you get paranoid and concerned because it's not normal. Everything's going too great and you're waiting for you know something to happen, right? And so in communication, it's the same way. If you don't use the right language in the beginning, you build this climax to something that's not really there, you know, because you're building it in your head. You build this big stress storm, but that's what assumptions are, right? You build this big stress storm because you're like, oh, if I say this, they're gonna feel this way or think this way or do this thing, right? If you had to talk to her about anything, because, well, let me tell them, Neither one of them's transitioning. It was just a question. <laughs> I have to, well, they're not right now.
2: <laughs> so if
1: they decide to later, that's bit, but I have to do that because, you know, I bring up content that's so irrelevant to y'all, but it might be relevant to them. So I always give examples, and I use me as an example all the time because that's who I know. I know what it is to be trans. I and you know, I identified as a gay man and a lesbian and pansexual and queer and bisexual I've identified as a lot you know in here not necessarily out there so Um, whenever you are trying to talk to yourself about achieving something with her when you're when you have a goal say you're going to build something and you're like I need to get this built do you want to help me how do you say that to her? <coughs> what would you ask her?
2: Yes. What would you ask? <laughs> yes. I don't like you, you got s-
1: me on the spot. You got some IKEA. You got some <laughs> Ikea shit, and you're like, man, I do not want to do this right now. All I right, do going ask her? I'm going
4: to be completely honest, and I don't think I would. I think I would just do it. And she'd get angry when something messes up. Yeah. I, I honestly think I would. I think I would do it myself. <laughs> wow.
1: What gives you that entitlement to not ask for help? Tell me why you feel entitled to do it on your own.
4: Because that's how I was in the last relationship.
1: Is it working for you in this one? So... <laughs> <laughs> If we continue to repeat the same behaviors, we'll continue to get the same result, right? Yeah. So you have to change that strategy. So being vulnerable to somebody else is actually allowing trust to establish. If you're not vulnerable to your partner, you'll never establish trust. And so no matter what you want the relationship to be, it's never going to happen unless you can be vulnerable. And that's looking at her and going, I really don't want to build this shit right now. (laughs) Could you please help me? That's a super simple thing to say, right? But it's not for you. (laughs) No, it's not. So asking for help then means that you're weak, right? So what do you feel like you lack? In the moment that you don't want to do something, but you're going to push through it, what do you think you lack? Do you, but do you lack the communication skills to ask for help? That means, do you know how to ask for help?
4: No, not usually.
1: <laughs> okay, do you know when to ask for help? Uh. <laughs> no. The big thing about communication right now, for both of y'all, that the viewers, the listeners, and nobody else knows outside of this whole facade of who are we and you know our identity and orientation and stuff is a very real aspect of life which is friendships relationships you know regardless of whether they're marriage or a friendship or whatever it's it affects you and you had a friend die and it's affecting you and it should and um, it's important to know how to communicate when you're going through grief. And so that's why I bring up the communication piece because this is something that was unexpected, but guess what, that's what this podcast is about. It's absolutely 100% about us and our lives and our well-being. So how are you going to be able to communicate with her when you don't feel like communicating? You have to push through, right? You have to push through just like you do everything else. And you have to say, I'm going to communicate with her because if I don't, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen if you fail to communicate that you need help? (laughs) Huh?
4: (laughs) I said I start snapping.
1: You start snapping, okay. So um, that would be then emotional distress, right? And the goal is to not have emotional distress. So in order to avoid that, we're going to communicate this. We're going to say... I'm in distress. <laughs> That's all you have to say. You don't have to say, can you help me? You don't have to say, I can't do this. I'm too tired. You don't have to say anything. You simply look at her and go, I'm in distress. Could you do
4: that? Yeah, and I have. You have? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So for you though, communication or lack thereof, Is it just verbal, or is it also body language? Is it text? What's your most frequent way to communicate?
4: I feel like more verbal.
1: How do you communicate? Verbal, text, physical? Text. I'm a physical person. So that means that, and especially <coughs> impulse control. But physical is the masculine side. So, you know, for me, um, whenever I have a stressful moment or something, I have to release it like right away. That's my communication. I'm communicating release, and that's it. <laughs> you know, um, is there a one word definition that you can give the feeling when you are in distress? Distressed to what? I don't know. You know? Is it anger? Yeah. Or, or sadness? All of those type things? Is it just negative type things? Usually. Because sometimes people, when they're happy, feel distressed. What I was describing earlier, if your normal is always here, and then something really great happens, you get paranoid and panic, and you think that kind of the universe is about to snatch you you know you kind of have that feeling of being chased and um that's if it's the other way you know around and so that's why I ask because some people are distressed when they're happy I don't get that (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty happy but you understand what I mean and when you communicate if you need help would you do you
3: not typically no
1: gee I wonder
2: Told
3: you
1: we're a lot alike. <laughs> Damn. We got mistaken
3: for twins once. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were just starting to date, and we had to go do our laundry in the apartment we lived in at the time. Didn't we had to go to a laundromat?
1: I don't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and actually, well, we both
4: had black glasses. That's the only thing we can think of that she was even. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's actually funny because the
3: lady who said it was actually a very distant cousin of mine, and I'm thankful she had no idea who the hell I was. But, um, that's she, fun. she just looks up and she looks at me and she looks at Ashley
4: and she goes, twins! And we're,
3: no.
1: No, <laughs> quite the opposite, actually. She's
4: like, but sisters. And we're like,
2: no. No. just friends. Soul sisters. Yeah. We, we ended up
4: just
3: telling her we were just friends and went about our day and I told Ashley, I was like, you know, we'd be some fucked up sisters that sleep together. Tonight. I know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Okay,
1: so, well that's kind of one of those things that leads into the other. Why didn't you tell her that y'all were together?
3: So she's, like I said, very distant cousin of mine. She's very, um, out there. Okay. So it would
1: have caused conflict, you feel?
3: Yeah.
1: Now is that an assumption, or is that based on experience? Experience. Okay. So if it's based on experience then you had a fear for yeah. a reason. That makes sense. So your way of coping <laughs> Mine is to timor- assumption. Yours was more assumption.
4: Mm-hmm. See, Honestly. I'm all
1: for being out like because I don't want an assumption. And if if somebody <laughs> if somebody has an issue with it it's their issue and it has zero bearing on me. Yeah. Like none. You know, the worst thing they can do is throw a tantrum. Oh, poor thing. Let him throw a tantrum, you know. They're the ones that look silly, not you. But I understand not wanting to cause conflict. That's why we avoid everything. That's why we avoid communication.
3: Yeah. I'm very, like, um, when it comes to people, like, I, don't, I either don't know or whatever. Like, I mean, we we I, I don't hide the fact that we're together in public. But if, like, yeah. someone like that were to make an assumption, we're just like, no, we're just... And you know, whatever. I'm
1: just totally screwing with y'all because Beth and I had oh, to yeah. do this shit. Like, it was ridiculous in Texas because what they saw was two men. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even know, really, if I was a man because I just looked like Drew Carey. <laughs> I did. You know, I didn't have a beard and all that stuff, or a splotchy beard and everything, you know. And and people couldn't, didn't really know or didn't really understand. And so we were perceived as the odd couple, and we didn't want to. And Beth, particularly, it was hard for her When we would go somewhere with all the kids, and then there was always questions. You know, when we moved here, people thought we were brothers. You know, because when we moved here, Beth hadn't started transitioning. So, it was a little different then. Well, hell, y'all met us before Beth started transitioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you even remember her before this?
3: I don't think I ever met Beth
1: before Beth. You probably didn't, but you did, I think, because... Because the first year we were here, I was mm-hmm. handling all the school stuff still. And then the second year, you know, I handed it all over to Beth. So you've had Beth
4: now three See, years. See, I ago. can't remember. Because I know the boys met in... See, the boys are how we met. Yeah. And I don't remember what grade, but I
1: Relationships, know that. people. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we <laughs> meet.
4: <laughs> but I know um, the boys met because every day... I would tell him, um, Colin, mm-hmm. not to wait on Charlie, and then he'd wait on Lucas <laughs> every day. Oh my God, we <laughs> would stand
1: out there and just wait for them it took every him day.
4: And then we became friends because we oh were God, sitting I'm out there so waiting loud. every day. So. Look how loud I
1: am. See this little red thing right yeah, here? Oh yeah. I'm really loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll just turn the volume down for them, or they could turn it down. Um, <laughs> right. They know I'm loud. Every... Y'all know I'm loud. Like when y'all watch the podcast. Yeah. Right? I've watched
4: every one of them. Okay. Except for the ones... The ones that you were all excited about, like, the April Fool's one I haven't seen yet. Because I had to watch it with her. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. Oh my
1: God. Y'all are gonna <laughs> shit twice and die. <laughs> Joe, will be hearing it from them, watch. <laughs> yeah, I got lots and lots of um, feedback about that one. <laughs> right. And I did, and, and Joe and I didn't even think about that. You know, when we were doing it, we yeah. weren't thinking about what people would feel. And that's what was so wrong about it, is we weren't thinking about what people <laughs> right. would feel. And so, yeah, we've we've had to analyze a little bit, but it's all in good nature, you know, with Joe and I. Do y'all do crap in good nature with each other like that that yeah. might borderline be too far? Yeah. What do y'all do that's borderline too far?
4: I scare the crap out of her all the time.
1: Oh, that is so shifty. <laughs> I hate that shit so bad. Your damn phone, when y'all got here, scared the crap out of me. I am. Uh, yeah.
4: I, uh. Now I have a competition with my mom because she made her throw her phone uh, across the room and now I'm like game on. I gotta turn it. Now I'm on in on it. Oh
1: my god. You should have told me that shit. Oh you are just wearing a target right now. Like I did. Um, oh see this information would have been useful before y'all got me. <laughs> Now you know because I will have y'all back too but I do really want to talk about this communication thing, and I try to keep it light because it's a hard thing, especially in a marriage, to make sure that you have good communication or in a relationship in general, whether it's a common law, like in Texas we have common law marriage, you know. You can be shacked up, living in sin, but then you're married after a certain amount of time. So. Regardless of your living situation, if you declare yourself in a relationship and you're not communicating effectively, the relationship doesn't grow together. You take two separate paths. Are you aware of that? If you look at it and you think about that, and there's no more communication, you're not on the same trek together. Right? And I know that's not where you want to be. So having that ego and that pride saying, I can't ask for help because it's not who I am, is what's gonna be the death of the relationship. And it's the same for you. It's your knack to avoid conflict altogether. It's being too passive,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? And so you're giving your control over to her. If you're not making decisions and she's making them, then she has the responsibility. And then she also has to feel the mistake if it's made so she bears the brunt of the the responsibility and so that can make her feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. would you say that's something that happens no yes Quite. so if you are too passive then she will be too controlling so the then if y'all are trying to get back together y'all just become passive aggressive and then there's the snarky comments and there's the under your breath and then there's a total breakdown that can look like a serious spiral where y'all are lashing out at each other. That's what Beth and I do. Beth and I get mean sometimes.
4: So does she. You
3: know? <laughs> so do she. Wow. <laughs> I was say so
4: do we, but... So, <laughs> no, but we know that was that, yeah, yes, that, was yes, that, was that slip. Of- Thanks, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> but,
1: the, but the great thing is as long as y'all doing this and you can acknowledge it and laugh about it, it doesn't become a serious issue because the laughter is acknowledging that y'all are human, right? Because everybody does silly shit. I mean, my God, look at what I do. I'm, I'm on the podcast in a unicorn outfit, <laughs> you know? I mean, and I wear many, many hats, including my Bubba Gump. But never in a million years do I sit and think, how is my distracting behavior affecting other people i'm living my life and i'm not thinking about you most times so the trick is to start thinking about other people if you don't want to be a dick right because that's what it's about because there's always that fine line with being pc like there's some words that i can't say on the youtubes because if i do my video won't be put on Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in that word one word is something that I call myself. And it's just sort of what some people consider derogatory term for trans, you know. So, I can't say that, because if I do it, it communicates the wrong language, or the wrong uh, message, right, for YouTube. How do you know when you're communicating the wrong message with what you're saying to each other? What does she do? that tells you you're being too controlling and what does she do that tells you she's being too passive? One of y'all fools is gonna answer.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think.
1: (laughs) So basically what you wanna do is you wanna think, I don't like this, as far as communication goes. I don't like it when she does this. What is the this?
3: Mine is when I can see her struggling and I will go and say, hey, babe, do you want help? Do you need help? How can I help? And then I get yelled at. Mm, that's Beth and Because she's already getting frustrated with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when I step in, it's, no, I got it. Just go mm-hmm. away and give me my space. And I'm like, okay. Hey, yeah,
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um no. I can do <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: yeah, so it's, don't fuck with me. I got this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now it's principal. I guess becomes the, principal for you.
4: I guess with her saying that and me... Okay. <laughs> the communication and the reason I have an issue communicating is because I guess the communication that I don't have, I feel like should be there. It's common sense stuff. The bathroom trash can ah. overflowing. The the, um, the trash can not taken out. The... <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: God, you
1: sound like a dick just like me.
0: For real, I'm
1: hearing myself talk right now. And it's so strange. Like, why? How is it possible that seven people can live in a house and walk Five. by the same trash can every day, yet yes. my wife has to pack it down and pull it out and tie it up And literally set it outside and then tell someone to carry it to the trash can. I'm there. (laughs) See, now I have to calm down. I got to calm down. (laughs) It's the integrity of the space for me. It's if you have a home like this and you don't want it to die, you need to take care of it. You have to maintain your space as you would maintain yourself. And that's what it is for me. So what is the belief for you that makes you control all those aspects? Why does it have to be done your way? And on your time. Wait. Oh look at you looking at the time. <laughs> We're waiting. That's messed up. Oh you're gonna be in the hot seat. Don't play. Oh, I know. Don't play.
3: Hers will be much worse
1: than yours now.
3: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> You it's don't like know, you don't my, know why you, okay. the
4: dog with a tail between his legs, I don't
1: know. Well, think about this. Say, okay, if she is too passive, meaning she's not holding her into the responsibility, not with communication or anything else, why are you not taking out the trash? Why is that not a thing for you? How come you
3: don't care? I try to keep up with the kitchen trash. It's the bathroom ones I just don't. Yeah, because it's gross. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I don't dump
1: the bathroom trash I'm not either. So now I can identify I with you.
3: I'm like I just I don't know.
1: It's too much. Get a different <laughs> trash can. Look, this is this is the way to solve this. I'm not even playing. <laughs> and I'm a life coach. I know. <laughs> so you have to. You have
2: to. <sighs>
1: oh, okay. So you have to get a trash can like I have right there that has a little steppy thing and then actually on the end, you know that shit is at Walmart. So, there's no excuse. So then it has the little little handle that you pull the bucket out, and then you can dump that. If, If you got a trash can like that, would you start making it a point to take out the trash? Oh yeah. Now, what that was, was communicating why, you have to find out why she doesn't wanna do it, right? But you assume she doesn't take it out because she doesn't care. Because you're the only one that cares. i said it all the time. I'm the only one that cares whether this shit goes out or not. I'm the only one that cares whether these towels are folded. I am the only one that cares whether there is sticky stuff on the cabinet. Do you ever say that all the time? <laughs> <laughs>
3: and she makes it all the way. Okay. Out loud.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And we make sure to let people know what our progress is when it's done, too, right? I cleaned all that sticky shit off the counter for y'all. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs)
4: you're you're welcome, (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, you know, I get it. But we're wrong. We are so wrong because that's aggressive. So you have passive communication. You have aggressive communication. You have passive-aggressive. And then you have assertive. And assertive communication looks like only the facts, ma'am. That's it. You simply say, the trash is full, and I'm not taking it out. But you have to admit your shit, because there's more than just her, right? So then you provide a reason why you're not taking it out. I work all day, and I'm not touching this shit when I throw out trash all day at work. That's just some shit I made up. But... <laughs> yeah. But for me, it would be exactly what I approached her with. I'm not taking out the bathroom trash because it's always so full. I might touch something. I'm not touching. Right? (laughs) See? I don't want to touch anything. So, A, either as soon as it gets full, just twist the bag close. I'll take it out. Do that or get a different trash can where I just have to just get the little handle, (laughs) (laughs) just like the claw. So, see. (laughs) It's it's figuring out why it's affecting her, so we have to figure out why your environment affects you so much. Because that's healthy, you need to take out the damn trash. You don't want it to overflow. That's normal, right? But why do you not take it out?
4: I take it out all the time.
1: Okay, you can't use <laughs> all the time because sometimes...
3: It's saying it gets overflowed.
1: Yeah. So you don't take it out because she avoids it too. So it's both of y'all really Mm -hmm. is what it is. I sit there and wait to see how long it'll go. And see that's the problem. Because if you just would take it out when it was full, then she would learn that when it gets full she needs to take it out too because she would put in the effort that you're putting in. But because you don't put in effort, she's not putting in effort. That's how y'all are the same. You both look at each other and go, you ain't gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it either. (laughs) I told you.
4: (laughs) I think There's, I've seen that we're a lot of, like
1: <laughs> more. <laughs> have y'all ever watched um, Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes. Okay, do you remember the suitcase episode where Ray took suitcases off to a trip and he brought them back and he left them on the stairs and he didn't take them upstairs and unpack them and Deborah was pissed because he never took them up. Well, he was waiting for her to take them up. And so it ended up she stuck a fish in it, or he <laughs> stuck a fish in it and left. So she would have to take it out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it was a whole thing. That's y'all. That is y'all right there. So (laughs) why does it become principal for y'all? idea. It is
2: not.
1: I could see you doing it, too. (laughs) Because I I did think about it a little bit. Because I was stuck in the same trap with Beth. Because I was like, what the hell? Why is she not picking up the slack? Well, A, she didn't know what the slack was. Because her process looks very different than mine. I wanted this checklist of stuff done, And she wanted to do these things. I didn't take into any consideration how my behavior was affecting her at all or my choices. Because I was thinking about me. That's, you know, when we disassociate in life and we run on autopilot and we're just going to work and coming home and, you know, checking off the boxes. And you forget to communicate with each other and say, I miss you. I miss setting and holding you. I miss talking to you. I miss cuddling and not saying anything and you also forget I miss talking to you like a friend because we also get in that trap and Beth and I've talked about this is the fixer you come to her and you say this is what's going on with me and I'm really in distress I want to talk about it and she starts giving you advice on how you need to fix it and you're like I'm not asking you for advice right Because then she's controlling it. Because if she gives you advice unsolicited, she's also taking all your control away. Now, if you ask her for it, then any advice that she gives you, she has to be able to take herself. Right? Do you ever give her advice that you wouldn't take? Do you ever ask her to do things that you wouldn't do? (laughs) Not Okay, except for the bathroom trash thing.
3: Yeah, besides that.
1: Yeah. But that's something that you failed to communicate, right? If you mm-hmm. communicated that with her and said, look, I'll take out the bathroom trash if, then that would be something to work with. So why didn't you even say that to begin with? Why were you waiting?
3: Now I'm waiting. Because, okay, Yeah, let's get the dishes involved.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and we will. And that's the other <laughs> thing, too but you see right now it's about the bathroom trash and we say how come neither one would take it out and how come it became an actual principle between the two of you when it's just trash it's just trash and y'all have a gaggle of kids too why isn't Colin taking it out that's what we need to talk about because if you're training your children to be different than you in training them you actually pick up those habits so if you're saying, hey, the bathroom trash is full, let's gather up the trash. You or you either one get the kids and everybody dra- grabs a trash can and you all dump it into one and then you take it to the curb. That could be a thing. And it's training. And both of y'all need training to live together because you're two separate people. Right? How long have y'all been together?
2: Four years.
1: That's nothing. So, see, so y'all are still honeymooning. So, I'm serious. When you hit the seven-year mark is where you're like, screw this relationship. So, when you make it to the seven-year mark and you're you're still full steam ahead, then you think that the world is your oyster. <laughs> you know, you make it past seven years and everything's good. But that's the climb to the seven-year mark. My contact's going, fuck it <laughs> So, it's the climb to the seven-year mark that you grow the most because you're not just growing together, but you're learning each other, right? You know she's passive. You know she's either what? Aggressive or passive-aggressive? Oh. Okay. Do you acknowledge that you are also passive-aggressive oh, yeah. and passive? All right. So in between are the kids. How many kids do you have right now? Three. Three. And I say right now because you never know what the future holds. Y'all are young. Okay. So you have three kids. How old are they?
3: Thirteen, soon to be seven, and then four.
1: Okay. We're bringing up the dishes now. <laughs> so you have a teenager. Uh-huh. There's no reason why you should have trash and dishes in the house. Nope. So that's where you two have to communicate what y'all expect of the kids together. Have y'all done that? Yep. So y'all each have sat down and said, these are our values and this is how we want to raise our children.
4: We have not really written it down and talked to the children about it, though.
1: No. That needs to happen. You understand why, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's gotta know that y'all are on the same page. You are actually my client and so we are coaching mm-hmm. um, every week. Shit's about to start changing with her. Are you ready for that? Are you really? Because you know when it starts changing for her the expectation's gonna be set for you, right? Because it's a team effort.
2: Yeah.
1: And you know her communication sucks because she needs to be empowered. Because she's very passive. She's been giving away her communication and her choices for a long time. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so whose permission do you need to make it your life? My own. Your own. So you don't need to ask your parents for permission to communicate or to live how you want to live, right? Mm -hmm. But you still avoid conflict with family. So you understand that that's your problem. It's not hers. Mm -hmm. And the longer you have that problem, the more it affects her. Because she doesn't have that problem. She's looking at it like, bitches, I am who I am.
3: (laughs) Well, it's already a problem because the not so much love that I have for my family. She thinks I have for hers, too. Um, what do you mean? Every time your mom comes over or anybody like that, and I, I, like, I do my thing like on a regular day basis instead of being in the room and socializing why? with you guys. I just go do my own why? thing. And she thinks I hate her family. Okay, well, that is a very passive-aggressive
1: thing. So I can see why she might feel that. If, if that were you, would you not and feel it's that? it's not
4: me saying, I mean, I feel it, but my mom notices it the most. She yeah. will be like, she hates me, you know, all the time. She's that like, must
1: feel terrible for her. Yeah. Because she, she loves you and she wants you to be happy. Yeah. And then and your she, partner,
2: she, she loves
4: Zoe. Way. And Zoe's been around for four years and she, you know, always invites Zoe to everything. And so, she knows that my, you know, not comparing. <coughs>
1: <laughs> so start saying this to mom you know what, it's Zoe's issue, but she's working on it. So next time, say it's Zoe's issue, she's working on it. She just isn't comfortable around family. That's the truth. There's no mystery to that. That's assertive communication. So instead of letting your mom feel that, you're gonna provide your mom with the answer so she doesn't make it up. Because then she assumes. You know, if she doesn't understand why the person that she loves and cares for doesn't want to be around her, she's going to assume it's her fault. You know, She doesn't like me and so then she's going to go, why? Why doesn't she like me? How can I make it better? And then chances are she probably attempts more and then that just makes you feel like you want to retreat even more. Mm -hmm. That's your issue and you got to change that because we need people, we need other people, we need other perspectives. Just like if y'all didn't come here, you wouldn't know all the obnoxious stuff that I'm telling you, you know? You wouldn't know that stuff because you're never going to ask it. You know, you have to be shown something or have to be asked something to actually make it happen in front of you. If you had to say that somebody was at fault for the miscommunication between you two, who would it be? You or her?
3: It's me, but I'd blame her for it
1: that's the miscommunication I would say that's it was why though but see did you hear what she said she knows it's hers but she would blame you for it right okay and what do you know what would you do
4: I would say it was both of us I know it's both of us
1: okay what can you own as far as the lack of communication what do you just shut down you're not talking about
4: I don't know, I just assume whenever, like anything
1: Adult you know, responsibility I,
4: Yeah, we I feel like we both do it and I have been trying to talk to her about it I just instead of asking her hey, can I go hang out with mom or you know, it's like not even hey, can I go hang out with mom, it's hey, you know, I'm gonna go hang out with mom, you know, tonight and feel do have like plans you have to or choose? anything like, I feel like She wouldn't want me to, so I don't say anything
2: about
1: it. Okay, so here's the thing. If you feel like something, that assumption, all you have to do is ask. But what you have to do is you have to actually be vulnerable and honest. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is you going, hey, do you mind if I go hang out with Mom? And you going, I really want to spend time with you because I love you and everything, but I understand you want to hang out with Mom. I can't hang out with Mom because I still have my triggering issues. The day that you can say, absolutely, I wanna go hang out with mom, is the day that you've decided to work on your triggers. So when you start coaching, you know, again, because I was sick, guys, (laughs) so she missed her session because I was sick, rescheduled. So this week, we'll have a session, and after we do, you're gonna come away realizing that you do need to work on those triggers. And so you will start to work being around mom. But why does mom have that trigger for you? Is it specifically the relationship, or is it your own triggers with your family?
3: It's kind of my own triggers because growing up, my mom never wanted us around. Yay, mommy issues! <laughs> <laughs> so Twinsies! I just, I just, um, I've just grown up to just never be But around. guess what?
1: mom had mom issues, her own issues, you know, that said, don't bake. that say, <laughs> that say she didn't want to be around whomever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it it's never about you. It was not about you as a child. It's not about you as an adult. It's all about her. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you learned that dysfunction and you recognize it, you're already changing because you're saying, I acknowledge that she had dysfunction. I'm not gonna repeat the cycle. I'm gonna go talk to Brando. (laughs) So you're already changing that. And what do you need to see for you to say, yeah, okay, we're making progress here. What do you need? And you know, I'm always talking about need and want being different, right? Need is survival, want is thriving. So what do you need from her for this relationship to survive? all these changes. You need communication. Okay, communication. Assertive communication, (laughs) you're right! (laughs) So, that means that it's no longer indecision and neutral time. You can't say, I'm fine. You can't say, I'm okay. You can't do any of that. You have to actually form a complete sentence when you answer a question from her. And you can no longer look at her and go, Do you need anything? You can't say need to her. So you have to say want because she's a thriver. Right? Would you agree? You're always wanting to go and do. And we can talk about why that's the case later. But I think that you try to distract yourself away from painful things a lot. Like today, you know. But I acknowledge it. I see that it's there. And we'll play with it at a later date. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But you, you feel like everything is your fault and you carry so much blame and you carry so much guilt because you look back at being a kid and you go, why didn't I just do this? Why didn't I just do that? And I ha- I gave you the unhelpful thinking style sheet, right? And you know it talks about that. You can't do that. You can't do that because then you're torturing yourself. So you have to forgive that that kid did not know that it was wrong to learn those things. So you forgive that kid and you say, all right, kid, we're grown now. Now let's put the big girl panties on and go through life. So the first easiest step for you is to be able to be vulnerable. So you're going to look at her and you're going to say, I know I'm going to have a hard time being around your mom because I have mom issues that I need to resolve that tells you where she is in that moment right if you want to move beyond that and you're gonna accept it either way if you want to move beyond it then you're gonna look at her and you go I'm ready to change I need to go through this that means that you have to understand 100% if she has to throw in the towel You have to understand that she's pushing herself with a trigger beyond what she has before. And so then you're going to look at your mom and you're going to say, she's trying to get through her shit right now. Has nothing to do with you. We're going to hang out for a little while. She may need to go. And you're going to leave it at that. And then if mom has something to say about it, just roll your eyes and say, whatever, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Because then you're making light of the situation and you're totally changing it. You see? It's about changing the vibration of the situation. I can sit here and talk very serious with y'all, and then pick my nose, and I guarantee shit would change. <laughs> right? Yeah. Y'all would y'all would have something to say about that. <laughs> but it's all about that distraction, you know. So what do you do that distracts you away from achieving the responsible things you need to achieve? Making decisions because you're passive. So what do you tell yourself to distract away from having to make a decision?
3: I don't
1: know, I kind of just do it. Most people say this, I don't know, you better ask. Or, I don't know, maybe you should look it up. So when the kids ask you, hey, how do you do X, Y, and Z, what do you tell them?
3: Kind of explain it to them.
1: Okay, so you do engage and try to work through things with them. Mm -hmm. You don't outsource. Okay, so that's a good decision thing. When are you the most passive then? If it's not when you're questioned, and you need to provide an intelligent answer. So it's not your intelligence, would it be your emotion, or would it be your physical body? Probably my emotion. Okay. So when it comes to things emotional, you can't be trusted decision-making. So you have impulse control issues, and you lash out, is that right? So would you punch a wall if you got pissed off? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Team Brando again. <laughs> Okay, I haven't punched a wall in a really, really long time though. But that's who I used to be because I didn't understand the emotions that go with the thoughts. I had no idea how to connect that I was resentful and it caused me anger. Because you don't know to connect the actual process with how it makes you feel in the end, right? Unless you study it. Lucky for me, I studied it. I figured it out. But you, however, have to go on how you feel. Your body. Feelings internally manifest to physical sensations. That's where dis-ease comes from. It's your body's dis with whatever's going on. So you're uneasy inside. And so then you have a disease. What do you feel when you're stressed out? So the dishes aren't done. Because we're talking about the dishes in this conversation. The dishes aren't done. Nobody's doing that. What does your body feel when you see it? Anger. Okay, so you can clearly feel your emotions are anger. Tell me, why are you angry at the dishes? Because they're piled up and overflowing. So go do them. I do. So why are you angry about the dishes? Because I feel like I'm always the one doing it. Okay. Just like she's always the one taking out the trash. Right! All right. So, if you get to the root of that, and you know if you look at that unhelpful thinking styles, you can't use always, never, any of those words, you know, or no-no words, because those are negative speech. It's negative speech for your brain, right? So, you're telling all the time. So, you're doing the black or white thing. You know, there's no gray area. So, let's say out of one week, how many times do you do the dishes? There's seven days in a week. I
3: probably do about
1: two or three times a week. Okay, so you're not always doing them then. That's worse shit. How often do you do it?
4: I don't. <laughs> so who else does
1: it? Or Nobody. Is it okay? It's literally...
2: Okay.
4: I quit doing them because I wanted there to be one sink empty. And the sinks, I like one to be empty so we can rinse stuff out. And instead, both of them get full and there's a mold and I can't do it.
1: I love
4: how she's very good <laughs> to say,
1: I I can't do it and I don't like when. <laughs> those are boundaries, okay? So whether those are boundaries invented, you know, in, in your own thought process, they're still your beliefs, right? So you still hold this as a boundary. Is it something you're willing to outgrow? Are you willing... To just allow yourself to do the dishes because they're gross and and otherwise you're gonna make her do
4: I have done them many times I was I did them before and quit doing them because they kept getting bad and I took over like okay (laughs) (laughs) something that's interesting that most people don't know
1: is that when we grow up and we're stunted emotionally we stop learning the skills for that emotion right so If at 12 years old, you've had a traumatic event or you've had a family tragedy or something like that that takes you temporarily out of your mindful life, right? And it takes you out of that and victimizes you. And you live in that victimization. And it's very difficult to move out of it. And then when you do, all of a sudden you realize you've been screwing off for 10 years and you never learned how to do the stuff that you should have learned how to do because you were still pretending at 20 years old that you were 15, you know? And that's called late fulfillment in life. And that's what happened to me. So Beth and I still live like slobs. We're hoarders, we have toys everywhere, we watch movies, we play video games. We are not the typical 45 year old couple. Both of us had shit in our lives. Both of us were emotionally stunted. So we did not emotionally mature enough To say we need to have stocks and bonds and RAs and all that, right?
2: Yeah, (laughs)
1: we didn't know any of that because why the hell would we? Because our parents were telling us this is adult talk. You don't need to hear how much we make, you don't need to know politics, you need to know nothing. Children are meant to be seen and not heard. Go away. And that's the way, you know, that I perceived life as a kid. Until you reached adulthood, you weren't supposed to learn any of that. But then that's not reality because then you hit adulthood and you're like, shit, I don't know any of this. But I took the hard way. I moved out at 14 initially and I moved in and out and then I got married at 17. So what is y'all's excuse for not learning how to be an adult when you should? Are you from a broken home?
2: Sort
1: okay. of. So you have family issues that you can identify. You don't have to talk about them, but you have family issues that you can identify that say, this is probably the age I stopped maturing. Can you identify that? How old do you think you act? Because <laughs> my aunt, which I can say now, she's the new aunt that, that um, I found my mom's sister. She has said, um, that I shouldn't be asking ages. <laughs> so, and I talked all about her age last time. So I'm not gonna ask your age, you know, specifically, but when, when can you identify, how old are you acting? I
4: don't know, cause I feel like I act older than what I am. Okay. Not all the time.
1: Is your lifestyle, because like right now your hair's green.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you have piercings, right, okay? You would say that y'all are a pretty fun couple, right, as far as parents go? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that y'all also watch movies and do things like that, right? Y'all go places and do things like that. But your emotional age, how capable of handling adult things do you feel you are? Oh, Lord. Adult
4: things, let's see. Like
2: 16.
4: (laughs) Hey, I had me at
1: 15, so I understand because I moved out at 14. I quit learning how to be an adult, and I decided I was going to learn it my own way. Guess what? I learned it the wrong way. I learned, you know, on on the street, and and then I learned, you know, from this person who was not an adult, you know, they were 35 dating a 14-year-old. Not probably somebody I should have had as an example, right? So the same thing for y'all. Did y'all have an example of what an adult was and what they did in your family? You did not, and so you're going at this totally blind. Mm-hmm. How do you think you're doing? What, what age do you think you are emotionally? Emotionally, mm-hmm. I'm still 13. 13 and you can identify with how y'all communicate that that's what it is it's like high school right or middle school beth and i I I identified the same thing yeah beth (laughs) and i said the same thing so now you just have to mature your language a little bit and look at each other and realize that you're each each other because you're made from the same stardust as everybody else whatever you're saying to her is actually what you have said to yourself and that's how you know to say it to her If she's being an asshole, you're only calling her an asshole because you think she's being one. Well, that thought comes from your last experience of being an asshole. When were you called an asshole? That's how you were behaving. So you look at her and go, she's behaving just like I did. She's an asshole. And you've done it in this chair right here on this podcast. You've identified yourself with her the whole time. So that's why you're so pissed at her. Because you're so pissed at yourself, and you said it. Because you lack the ability to be able to communicate the things that you need to in an emotional, balanced way. It's the same thing that you can't stand about her, because you really do identify her as you. Do you also do the same thing, or do you really separate your behavior? You say I'm not
3: quite her. No, I, I do see similar behaviors, but I. I like the ignoring each other.
1: Yeah, that is so petty, y'all. Beth and I do that, too. We quit now. We quit, but we did it for a long time. Like, I'm serious. Just like y'all. And it almost broke us, I'm not lying. I mean, we almost, that was it. Do you feel that way sometimes, that you're just roommates? Yeah.
2: That's
1: how we described our marriage. You love each other, though, right? There's no disputing that. And there's no actual abuse, right? (coughs) I'm sorry, I'm dying here. Not really, I'm really not dying. I don't mean (laughs) to say that. But, in the grand scheme of things, if you both love each other, you're just being foolish about your ego. Because you don't want to be wrong, and you don't want to be wrong, and you don't want anything to be wrong. But then you couple in the kids, and you have to be cautious. That's why y'all avoid, because you don't want the conflict for the kids. But you realize that it's actually hurting them in the long run, right? So fidgety. It's hard stuff to talk about, isn't it? Well, because it's uncomfortable then. (laughs) That's the thing. So what's most uncomfortable that you have to admit that you have a problem with?
3: Accepting, honestly, really truly accepting the fact that I am gay because my sister just told me the other day that my nephew's doomed.
1: I remember going through that family too, and I could see that a million miles away. So when you're struggling, and that's why this was about identity and orientation, so when you're sitting here and you're thinking about who you are and the choice of you, choices you've made, are they wrong? No. Are they wrong for you? Have you made wrong choices in in being her partner? No. Have you ever felt like it was wrong? And there's, mind you, there's not a wrong answer, even if it's, yes, it's not a wrong answer. It's just something we talk about. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever looked at her and thought, I shouldn't have chosen this? No, not since her. Before her, yes, but not since her. Okay, so before her, what made you say that? The way that my mom would talk about my aunt who was gay and I didn't know it. Okay, so your mom, we've already discussed, has issues, right, or had issues with it. So who the hell is she? Right? I mean, you know, the truth is, who the hell is she? Yeah, so she's your mom. You can respect the fact that she gave you life, but that's the thing. She gave you her life to do with as you please. That's what a parent does. You gave Colin his life, right? You said, I'm giving you this life. Go and be and do something, whatever you want to be. And I'm here, right? Okay, she did the same thing to you. What she doesn't realize, or what she didn't realize, was that she did give it to you. And that means she can't hold on to it. And she can't control it because it's not hers, it's yours. The moment that you become aware of yourself, which happens whenever we're a teenager, and you start to make decisions for yourself, they're not always great until you hit 25 and then you make a little bit better choices. But it depends on your character and your morals and your values on which route you go. Do you feel like you have good values? Yeah. So where do you feel like you lack with your moral compass? Why can't you trust yourself? Have you always just identified as lesbian?
3: no not always
1: do you even identify as lesbian right now I just totally called y'all lesbians <laughs> <a> lesbian. <laughs> no, I, by, by all accounts <laughs> and
3: islands, um I, I I find myself like bisexual like I'm attracted to bulls okay but
1: um you really should say pansexual because you're sitting here in front of me and if you said pansexual then that would make me feel like I was attractive okay? <laughs> And I guess like, it can't be about me all the time. <laughs> I guess
3: that's another thing is she calls me a homophobic lesbian.
1: Totally. Completely. You really are. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking was to too. her the
4: other day. And no, Beth I, was too. It was really I was weird. talking to her the other day and I was saying something and she was like, Green <laughs> and said that to me and I was like, this is <laughs> I'm like, Oh Yeah, <laughs> and totally. I'm right. yeah.
3: Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah. I was my dad's a homo, like not gay he's a homophobic Mm -hmm. and he he has a sister who's a lesbian and she's actually married and uh, it was easier for me to come out to him that I was gay than it was my mom my mom did not accept it and it did lie um when we did first get together and I told my mom about it and my mom was not okay at all I did rethink but the love that I actually have for her came out to be stronger than yeah the emotions that my mom was making so it me
1: needs feel. It, your mom didn't make you feel anything. That's the thing because you make yourself feel that way by assuming that what her word is is right. So that was you making yourself feel that way, and you still make yourself feel that way by trusting her over you. So what you have to do is you have to say, you know what, Mom, I've outgrown that belief, and. It's not right. that might be have been served its purpose for you. It might have been a, your choice, you know to not accept this. but this is who I am. It's how I am and it's how I choose to live. So even if you were dis- even if you decided that you were pansexual because um you because you loved your life coach and you decided that you were pansexual because he was a trans man. <laughs> Even if you decided that, it's not wrong for you to decide that one day when the day before you weren't, right? Because people change every single day, and if you don't, you're a plant. And, and that's the truth. We have free will. Plants do not. We can make critical decisions for thriving and... They cannot, they make survival decisions, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay, and then they depend on us. You do not depend on her for your emotional stability, and if you do, you're wrong. You also don't depend on your mom for your emotional stability, because if you do, you're wrong. Because the only person that can validate your thoughts and your feelings is you. So she can create a situation that triggers you to believe those things. She does not make you feel that way. So take that off the table and say, if she can't make me feel this way, why do I feel this way? Right. So if you're saying, I feel this way because I believe that it's wrong, which is what you're saying, Mm -hmm. then you're
3: a homophobe. Oh, I know. It doesn't work. I just, growing up in the house that I did, my mom not... Mom definitely made you homophobic. My dad is towards gay men. I don't know what it is. Every time I see one, he sees one, he's like, "Not okay." Um, okay, well let's think about that. I'm not trying to trash trash
1: talk your dad, no, oh no. but if it's if it's you right now who's a homophobe and you're gay, homophobe, closeted. I'm just saying. Everybody has a fluidity. Everybody does.
3: I don't see why I have to put it in someone's
4: face.
1: You don't. So. You're not putting she it in not like the face.
4: rainbow. I, I hate the
3: rainbow. rainbow. I, I have it.
4: rainbow earrings. I do not have them in because I put angel ones on. I but
3: love the rainbow I, I do too.
4: And I, I want to go to bed. She bad. wants nothing to I, you do are with it. Why are all couples the same? One is like it's, so poor, and, and the other one has nothing. Because to do. the
1: LGBT, LGBT folks is crazy. That's why. My <laughs>
4: aunt and her wife are the same way. One. Do you is want all me to tell you what's going
1: on, on with you? One hundred percent. Your duality is so jacked up. You have too many masculine negative emotions right now. And you have direct mommy issues, and so those things right now, and and I'm hearing that in in what you're saying. I mean, you're literally telling me this. I'm yeah. not. I am not a psychiatrist, psychologist, <laughs> or shit. You are literally telling me this. So I'm just restating the obvious, right? So if you know those things about you are jacked up, stop it. Literally, say you know what, you're grown. Why are you letting these notions that you know are actually wrong that don't fit you because clearly you're in a gay relationship, hello, unless, and this is the question, unless you identify as a man, and if you identify as a man, that's truly why you feel this way. Because it's exactly how I felt. Now I'm not telling you that you are. But I'm telling you that if it's ever been a question, it may be something that you're still trying to work out in your head. And if you're still trying to work it out in your head, you're grabbing all that masculine energy that you can. And you're trying to be analytical and you're trying to be logical and you're trying to work through it and work it out. When really, if you embraced the feminine energy, the subtle realm, the emotional realm that actually gave you the answer, its that gut instinct, then you wouldn't be doing this. So your balance, you need some more feminine energy. And you, you, the whole reason why there's really an imbalance and struggle is because you have superseded with that feminine energy of nurture, take care of. You have become mom. And there's nothing that masculine energy hates. Worse then feeling like mom is controlling them. And that's how it feels because we're dealing with masculine energy here. Because regardless, if everybody has masculine and feminine energy, and the reason why she has more of the masculine type things right now is because that's what she's manifesting as her dad. She's manifesting those thoughts and beliefs that he had because she's talking about him and she's saying, I don't know why, he had this thing against, you know, gay men. I don't know why. And if you're asking why, then there's a thing there. It's in the forefront of your mind. So so your dad is right here. That masculine energy is right here. And so she's leading with that and she needs some balance. So you are not a good gauge because you are identifying with her. So she can't use you as a gauge to say Where does my energy need to be? Because yours is erratic too. (laughs) Right? So I'm looking at both of you and I'm telling you, you need to feel more and behave less. So that means you need to do exactly what you're doing, which is seeing me and working for at least one hour a day on on your self-reflection, your character building, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do. You have to start switching, exchanging the language that you're using on yourself. Because you talk ugly to yourself. Okay? First of all, you're not a homophobe. It's impossible because you're actually in a relationship. (laughs) So we can stop using that. We can make fun of you for it. But that's not a real thing. What it is, is you're afraid to be happy in a gay relationship. Okay? And that's just what it is. You're afraid to be happy in something that your dad doesn't approve of. And the only reason why your dad doesn't approve of it is because he doesn't understand it. That's it. And he won't explore it because then that would make him gay. So he's not going to, right? Right. Okay. So he has his own issues to work out, so let him work them out. And absolutely, guess what? If you're visible, he has to work it out. So you saying that you don't feel like you should put in other people's faces, guess what? You're not. You're living your life. If they choose to look, they're putting you in front of their face. So be proud and be out there, and the people that look at you are the ones that accept you, and those are your tribe. That's us, you know? But if you're not looking for the rainbows and you're looking for those homophobes in the corner, you're going to find them, and then you're going to continue to identify with them and continue to label yourself that and continue to be that grumpy asshole because we are how we identify. You're identifying as her, and you're identifying as your dad, so you technically are then becoming her parent, because she's already carrying these these notions, and you are struggling because you are becoming your mom, because you're trying to make sense. Your mom's right here, because you're trying to make sense out of why she and her can't figure this out, right? And how you can repair it, because you're a fixer. Just like me, we're fixers. (laughs) Those are really just called controlled freaks. Fixers are (laughs) controlled freaks. (laughs) So for you, because I asked her, for you to feel like things are getting better, what will she have to do for you to say, okay, I'm feeling better in this relationship.
3: honestly
1: stop comparing me to your exes oh yeah oh my god that was bad too we should get her in here after this podcast (laughs) i'm serious and talk about this because this was a real issue for us i did it all the time that's part of our control thing we don't know we're doing it she doesn't know she's doing it like you're hearing it because you're hearing it as a comparison and she is telling you as this was my experience and you're taking control of it and you're saying it's my issue though so you're taking away her experience and making it yours and making it your issue and then making her feel guilty for having an experience before you that's not fair but it doesn't take away how you feel me looking at you going that's not fair stop doing that doesn't take away you getting triggered when she talks about an ex and it's only because you don't feel as good as the exes guess what you clearly are She's not with the exes. And
4: they'll say, you're, you're here. And, you're, and, I and you guess I what?
1: Not only are you here, but she chooses to stay with you. Could she make it on her own without you? Yeah. So, why is she with you? It's that badass blue hair now. I I don't know what the hell it was before. <laughs> why is she with you right now? You tell me why.
3: I tell myself every day I don't
1: know. That's the problem, because you tell yourself every day you don't know. So every single day you get up not knowing why she's with you. So you're gonna change that stupid thought and you're gonna say, "I know why she's with me." Now you tell her, why do you stay with her? Because the Lord what about her do you love the most?
4: But she to me first?
2: Because she's she selfless, yeah. okay.
1: So you're caring, giving, selfless. That's why she stays. Okay, so now every day you're going to wake up and you're go, because I'm caring, because I'm selfless, she loves me. Not she stays, <laughs> she loves me, right? Okay, so that needs to be your thought, and when you're feeling like it's not there, you need to find out why, because that tells you your trigger, right? So if it's a family trigger, it's very easy to say, I'm grown now. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know, those are the people that haunt us, especially if somebody dies and leaves us their bullshit advice. We hold it in our backpack and carry it forever and then we give it to our kids and we tell them to protect it. Well, we've outgrown it, so stop trying to fit the stench. It doesn't fit, right? Mm -hmm. So stop being a homophobe because it's ridiculous. And you stop being so controlling because it's ridiculous, but how do you stop? How are you going to not dictate everything in your environment? Why do those things bother you? You do know. Why do the things (laughs) bother you so much? Because
4: you're trying to distract away from your other problems. Uh, Yeah.
1: Because you're trying to distract away from your other problems, right?
4: That's exactly it. So as
1: long as you can busy yourself and get involved outside your house, outside you. So this is what we say. If you are venturing over your fence and you're getting in other people's lanes and trying to control how they do something, when they take out the trash when they go to sleep, how they brush their teeth, how they line up things, how they clean, how they organize. If you are dictating that stuff, you need to stop and ask yourself, why is it important to them? Not why is it important to you? You know why it's important to you because you like it that way. Say, why is it important to them that they not do that? And then ask them, hey, is there a reason in particular that you avoid taking out the trash? Because then you learn something about them instead of assuming that they're doing it because they hate you or because they just (laughs) don't want to do it. I used to say that shit all the time. I was like, you just hate me. You just hate me. But I would say the universe hates me. The universe hates me because if it didn't, Somebody would have thrown this away, and now it's in my way, and now I have to do it. I have to do it. You say that? You ain't got to do shit, but pay taxes and die. (laughs) And half of that you don't even have to do. So the moral of the story is, so what if the trash doesn't go to the curb? What if she comes in and just wants to give you a hug and not take out the damn trash? what if she just wants to come in and not be bothered with responsibility because she just had a shit day? You don't know until you ask, right? So are y'all going to start talking more and asking questions? And when you can't and you have a problem, you're going to text me and you're going to go, what was that assertive language again? Stick to the word I. Stay away from the word you. Don't blame. Blame is using the word you. So you're going to say, I feel, I think, I believe, I am. And if for some reason it's a situation like what she presented and said, my mom makes me feel this way, and you're thinking that, you have to say, "Mm, she doesn't make me feel that way. What's the situation that made me feel that way? That's on that stress storm thing. So you can't assign blame either. I, 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 right? And use all those senses words. So if you can't see it, smell it, touch it, taste it, it might not be there it might be a thought here an assumption y'all better get it together because <laughs> we got play dates and shit to form yes, <laughs> so off track now let's talk about the hair why did you do the hair I'm interested
4: why did you do yours what okay
1: yours so I,
3: I, I did mine because I've never really done anything crazy with my hair growing up like I your head is shaved yeah I said growing up You're still growing up. I wasn't really allowed to do much with my hair growing, like, as a kid. And
4: when I got... So you got to break (laughs) free. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's right!
4: My mom had the job, too. Yeah. They could, you could only have natural hair colors. Yeah,
3: they didn't care what your hairstyle was, but you could only have natural hair colors. You got a new job. Color. So I you did. now
1: have a new job, and I'm very excited. I was really happy to get that text. <laughs> I did a little. <laughs> I'm glad because you, you needed one for your own yes. mental health. That's what you were saying. You needed one for your own mental health. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you got one. Is that improving your mental health? Yes. Because now you have income, because part of it was the finances. I mean, that's anybody who doesn't have a job, they stress because of finances, right? So that's feeling better, right? So, did that also lend to maybe the freedom?
3: Yeah. 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 Because I told her, I was like, now that I actually have this job and I can do whatever I want with my hair. What should I actually do with my hair? She was in the thing
4: texting me while I'm at work. <laughs> what color should I do? I, I don't do what know. She's what going, going on. You. She's staring so. at it. She's like, should I get bleached? Should I do this? I'm like, I'm I don't know. I, Did you hear?
3: I ended up with blue hair because I let the four-year-old pick out my hair color, and it's his favorite color.
1: <laughs> that's not wrong, okay? It's not wrong, and I'm going to tell you none of that's wrong. But I do want to point out the fact that that is a real strong codependence. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself to make decisions that are ventures, okay? And that's what I was talking about. So you're venturing outside your fence looking for something to distract you of interest because if you sit in your yard too long, you're going to start noticing that the grass needs to be cut and that the tree needs to be trimmed and all that shit, right? So you go, oh, let's go over here and visit and see what this person's (laughs) up to, right? So you go and do that for a while. And then when you get back to your yard, you're pissed off because nothing's done in your yard, right? So you have to look for adventure. You add ventures to your own yard. So that's what you have to do because if you don't, you're gonna continue to try and control the environment. And the environment's not out to get you. Somebody else can enjoy the environment in their way. It doesn't have to be your way. And it's horrible, and I hate that, and I hate saying (laughs) it to you because part of me still doesn't believe that. And that's what I'm working on. That's my OCD. I have to, every week, talk to a therapist because I have OCD anxiety. Do you think that you have OCD anxiety? I don't know. Look into it and see if you think that you do. If you think you have OCD anxiety, then it might mean that you take medication or do what I do, naturally medicate, on a schedule so it doesn't have to feel that way for you because for me it doesn't feel that way anymore. I don't feel like I have to control the environment because I'm not afraid of it anymore and that's why you have to try and control it because if you stop and look around too long it gets scary on all the responsibility, right?
4: And I just quit and not do anything. That's right. That's because that's what we like to do
1: and then we hoard up a little space and put ourselves on hospice. Do y'all know what that means? When you are living to die instead of dying to live, and what you do is you take all your triggers, and you're like, "I'm so triggered. I'm getting away from everybody, and I'm gonna have my pillow and my blanket and my TV and my drink, and I'm gonna." Yes, you're putting yourself on hospice, is what you're doing. And let me guess.
4: Point to me. Do you I also know.
1: say? <laughs> do you also say that you need mental health days periodically?
4: I need me time. Yes
1: okay me time is different than mental health days now if you look at me time everybody needs me time everybody has me time yeah. I don't but you do you just choose not to make it your time because you choose to fuss with everything else you would have so much more time if you stop fussing with what other people need to do and just fuss with what you need to do and that's what I realized for myself too that's that's when I finally opened my business I blamed everybody else for the past 20 years for not getting my business open. I had the money, and then I didn't have the money, and blah, 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 but ultimately it's because I feared success. I feared actually opening it, so I made an excuse every time I could open it to not open it. I looked for a reason not to, so I suspect that y'all look for a reason not to communicate too, right? So don't do that anymore, and call me if you need me, and let's, um, talk about why you couldn't decide on your hair color. Okay. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the truth. Do you have decision problems like that? Can you decide?
4: No, oh, I decide all the time.
1: Okay. So, yes. what about that hair color? So, why?
4: Well, it this It makes one, me want a
1: green Jolly Rancher. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this one was actually, um, her friend Levi wanted this color. I wanted Hunter Green, and he kept saying, oh, this one, this one, and we were going back and forth, and I got both of them.
3: And that, that's another reason why I can't be a homophobic gay person either. Because, one, I am in a gay relationship. That's kind of a big one. And my, my best friend from high school is trans,
4: transitioning into male. So, see,
3: yeah. And your other
4: best friend. Yeah, help yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. God. I mean, come on. <laughs> we're going to be yeah. seeing each other every week. <laughs> I think I do well. Um, But, no, you know, it's the truth. You do have your shit to get over, but so do you. And you know that the kids are going to totally change when y'all start doing this, too. And, you know, it's possible that that dynamic will change anyway, you know, and that's for future conversations, too. But right now, as it is, do y'all think that y'all can take anything from today and use it to be able to communicate better? Honestly, you know, don't just blow smoke up my ass. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't really mind if you do, but you know, seriously, if, if y'all leave here and something comes up and neither one of y'all wants to talk about it, like you're feeling a certain way or you're thinking of something, you know, are y'all going to be able to look at the other person and say, I'm thinking this or I'm feeling this?
4: I feel like I can communicate better I feel like I know that there needs to be communication. And now that she knows, I feel like we'll be able to communicate more. I
1: think so, because y'all are adorable. (laughs) I mean, as far as chicks, go. I mean, whatever. (laughs) As far as lesbians, you know. Okay, so I do want to talk about that, too. Um, What is your experience with trans men in general? Like, in in the community? I don't even know. Do y'all go to the gayborhood? The gayborhood? (laughs)
3: <laughs> I am anti-gay. People. Like, I don't try to be. I've just. Like, I was telling her the other day. You're I was telling her the yeah. other day. I said, "Why do I have to go somewhere and have like like Pride? I refuse to go to Pride because just you, you know why? I want to. Let go.
1: me tell you why. why. I, I can answer this real quick. I did go once. Let me <laughs> tell you why. Because it's not about you. Pride's not actually about you. Pride is about the cause. Pride is on the backs of everybody at Stonewall on the backs of my my client that's slightly older (laughs) sorry D slightly (laughs) older who has had to fight too to be recognized. Because without those people we wouldn't have any type of rights at all. And that's why you show pride. You show pride in solidarity. You know, you say we're in this fight together because some young kid somewhere is sitting at home going through the same shit that you went through and has to break the cycle and has to say, wow, this person did it. Even though their situation is much like mine, I can do it too. That's why you have pride because it's not about you. And it seems like it is. People See, think. Yeah, I
4: should have worn
1: my rainbow earrings. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I, Loser. I, Loser!
4: I, I went They're once, my favorite. I love them.
3: I went with Levi, and I just, I was so uncomfortable. Because you were uncomfortable with yourself. Probably. Mm-hmm. I got fondled by a drag queen. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> you gotta be careful about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's because you've never been exposed to that so all of that was new and frightening because of the beliefs that you had growing up that these people are deviants you know I grew up with the same thing these people are deviants but guess what I'm not I'm totally not I'm super super queer but I'm fun as hell <laughs> I mean you know I'm fun size for a reason right. can you imagine if I was a big person like if I was tall <laughs> how horrible would that be like there would be like bull in china shop for real I'm already bad enough as it is you know but I always say that that's why the universe created me so little because I'm concentrated and they have to keep it <laughs> contained <laughs> but you're already doing things outside your comfort zone because you did pick a funky hair color it's nice. Okay. I do like blue. Purple would have been better, but whatever, nobody's perfect. You
3: know, Levi told oh me to go purple and I told him no because that's the color of his favorite singer and his favorite band right now. So hair color.
1: Well then that singer has and purple it. is my
3: mom's favorite color. Well, you know what though? It's my favorite color
1: too. So who cares <laughs> uh-huh. that mom, you know, likes it or who cares that do you like it? And that's what you gotta realize. I used to identify a lot of different foods with things not being safe. Um And I used to identify a lot of smells with things not being safe. And I was really sensitive. I was triggered all the time by everything. One of those is fire, you know. It's tough for me to smell fire, a certain kind, until I realized that my kids really enjoy sitting at the bonfire and roasting wings. And who the fuck am I to deny them because of something I want to hold on to, because of fart that I like smelling. And you don't like smelling like that, you know. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person that's too scared to do something for themselves because they can't trust whether they're right or not. Guess what? If you're wrong, great, because it means you learn a lesson and you grow. Right. If the universe stops teaching you lessons, then you know your number's up because then you've given up on yourself. Because the only way the universe keeps giving you chances is if you keep trying and falling on your face, all right? right because practice is progress. It's not perfection. Practice is progress. And living is practice because you're practicing in this life for the next one. Because remember, we don't actually die. You know, our bodies do, but we're around forever. And that's why you have those deja vu moments. You know, that's that checkpoint like in Mario, you know, when you go through the checkpoint <laughs> in Mario. And um, and so you've already passed that moment. When you have that deja vu. You know, in your previous life, you've already passed this point. So now you're moving on to the next one and you're going through and you hope for another deja vu. <laughs> you're like, okay. And when it's really, really strong, you know, and then you start to identify with that time, then you can almost feel who you're supposed to be. Because every single lifetime is linked with a common thread, and that's your purpose. So you're going to keep going through life until you find your purpose. And then once you do, and nobody's holding on to you back here, then you're pure energy and that's it. And then you evolve into something new. And that's what we're all trying to get to. But we evolve here first, so we can evolve spiritually. You know, you have to evolve as a person. And you've evolved with blue hair, you've evolved with green, so what's next? Please don't, don't say a bun. If I ever see you wearing a bun. What if you a bun. A bun in your hair? Your hair is always a bun Oh my day. god, you wear a bun. Every day. Hey guys, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank y'all for being here. Oh my god, I have to talk <laughs> to her about wearing a bun. It's <laughs> okay. We're really gonna talk about it. I was that. really
4: gonna put it up in a bun just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, y'all do have useful information that y'all gain. Do you have useful information for the listeners and the viewers? Both of y'all do a hair flick. Do a <laughs> hair
2: flick.
1: There you go. See, right? Okay. Is there any confusion, though, honestly, with either one of y'all, whether or not you're gay, straight, male, or female? Or do you have a sense of direction? In other words, a label. Do y'all have a label within your own mind? of who you are now? Or do you simply say, I'm who I am now, and that's all that matters? Yeah, pretty much, I don't I don't like the labels. Anyone who says they don't like labels is the one that uses them the most. Yep. And, and we use them so we can see where we fit in, so people who feel like they don't fit in use labels the most to try and fit in. It's when you actually remove those, and you go, you know what, today I'm this, and tomorrow might be something else. You know, it's a whole lot of fluidity, just like your hair color. Tomorrow you could have a jet black if you wanted. What's stopping you? Not a damn thing, right? Am I wrong in any sense of that, am I wrong? Mm -hmm. So you are who you are, and that's all that you are. That's all that you can be for now. It's who can you be later that you discuss with the person you plan to be with, right? We're going to be talking about that fun thing. Thank you, <laughs> ladies, for being here. <laughs> did y'all that? enjoy the podcast? Did I did. It? Yeah. Was I it did. as scary as you thought?
4: No. <laughs> no. She was terrified the whole time. I go, no. That's because she's a big old pug. <laughs> made me feel like Jody. <laughs>
2: oh.
1: And we are gonna talk about that too. Well thank y'all for being here and now I do the infamous Are y'all
0: ready?
2: Are y'all yeah,
0: ready? Thank you! Thank you. <laughs> Oh, let Grandma Cranky. She'll open up a can of whoop ass on you, boy. You just wait and see.
1: The end.